We are continuing to highlight or uh, bring to you messages by our faculty. And this is something that I get to share with people all the time. And I know you guys have heard this before, but it's a shift from something that we've done in the past where everybody was a guest speaker. And the reason we do that, and I just want to remind you, is because these teachers, these, these mentor group leaders, they are the people that you have in your life. And um, to hear them and their stories and, and words from them just connects us in ways that uh, I think is so awesome for our junior high. So I'm excited. Now, today, obviously, is a little bit different because we're trying to do this screen-free thing. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to our speaker, and I said, uh, hey, we're going to be doing this screen-free thing. And he texted me back, and he was like, wait, this is kind of a joke, right? And I said, no, no, we're really doing this. And, and he texted me, and he said, but you realize I'm also the educational technologist at the school, right? Like, doesn't it seem a little weird that the person who's in charge of helping us with educational technology is going to go screen free? And I said, yep, you're going to do great at this. And uh, he stepped up to it and embraced it with a smile. So things may look a little bit different today, but I'm excited about it. Please welcome Mr. Joseph Jasper. Would you like a microphone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not going that technology free today. Good morning, y'all. Yeah, Mr. Closter highlights <laughs> an amazing irony. You're all missing out on a really meticulously designed PowerPoint today. I love making uh, beautifully designed slides and all that, and here we're looking at a black curtain instead. It's gonna be great, don't worry about it. It's also kind of fun, this feels like a promotion in a sense. I've been introducing chapel speakers for, for a while, and now I'm the one getting introduced, so I'm grateful for that. Uh, and also, given the significance of today being a screen-free day, I just want to prep you up front, totally abandoning the theme of the month. February is all about, um, the, the title is Friends Forgive, um, in our mentor groups, in our chapels. I am completely diverting from that because this is a screen-free day. I'm the educational technologist. It feels like I am destined to talk about technology here this morning, so I'm gonna do that. If you were super looking forward to a message about forgiveness, you will indeed have to forgive me. So enough with the clerical stuff. Let's pray and then we'll get started. God, thank you for this day. As always, thank you for gathering us together. I pray that you uh, use these words, this message, to be impactful in the hearts and minds of everyone in this room. And yeah, we welcome you into this place and we pray for your wisdom to, uh, this morning. So it's in your name we pray, amen. Uh, I wanna start with a question that I know actually for a fact uh, other speakers have started chapel messages with before. It's a common exercise and it serves an important point to highlight really who we are. The question is simply, you've heard this probably from other speakers, like, who are you? And the point of this exercise is to pretend as if you are introducing yourself to a stranger. Beyond your name, what is the way in which you introduce yourself to another person, right? There's a lot of ways that any of us could answer this. There's plenty of titles and labels and monikers that we all can kind of ascribe to ourselves. Uh, for example, I was introduced this morning, accurately so, as the educational technologist at CBCS. That's a very common label that I get to share with people as I meet people, especially through my job. In other contexts, perhaps like church and stuff, I'm Emily's husband, or I'm Micah's dad, right? 
in other contexts, if it's even super informal, I'm a Dodger fan, I'm a big Star Wars nerd, right? These labels all kind of get wrapped up and combined into being what we consider our identity though, right? And you can all imagine the various things that you could choose to lead with if you're meeting someone new, right? Super cheesy, like, youth pastor move right here, but there's one identity that all of us have in common that's way more important than anything I have just listed as an example. And what is that? Someone just shouted out. What is the one identity that we all share um, that is more important than anything else? Yes, sir. A child of God. I love it. That's exactly right. And there's many ways to word that. I will steal some language from the Bible. Um, At the very beginning of creation in the book of Genesis, literally chapter 1, verse 27 says that we are created. Anybody know? I love this, yes. We are created in the image of God. Have we ever thought about what that means? The deep, deep implications of that? It means we're made to be like Jesus, right? We are made not only to know Jesus, but to become like him and to turn around and display that to the rest of the world. There's these several very key important steps that are at the heart of our identity. And don't just think it's Genesis that talks about this. This is reinforced throughout the rest of Scripture, including the New Testament. Just to share a few um, of these with you. Ephesians chapter 4 is talking about what righteousness and holiness look like for us. And it tells us that the self that we must put on, which is to say how we identify ourselves, right? It says this, it's one created after the likeness of God. It's the exact language from Genesis. And then another one, 2 Corinthians in chapter 3, it talks about our hope Uh, being in the reality of us being transformed into the same image of God. So again, um, this language is found all over the Bible. It is the most central part and central fact about ourselves, right? To summarize these and many other verses, right, our central purpose, our mission in life, and our destiny is to become like God, right? I want to package that up today as we kind of talk about technology, again, it's a very unique day at school. Not using screens, at least as much as practically possible, is a change in routine for us, and I think it gives us a fantastic opportunity to consider the impact uh, that, say, be it screens, technology, whatever, is really kind of having on us. So I wanna talk about technology today, and specifically even just the pros and cons of technology. I don't wanna spend the whole message on this, but. Let's, let's break this down a second, because we can look, um, not just throughout human history, but even if you just take the last few decades, the impact that technology has had on our world is beyond profound. There's plenty of pros and cons, just to name a few. On the pros side, right, we have an unparalleled ability to connect with anybody in the world at any time in any place. That's a wild capability. The fact that like the majority of human history has never had anything close to that capability really, really sets us apart. We're living in a very different age. 
okay? We've seen, uh, you can look around the world at different industries and walks of life, incredible automation and efficiencies that allow us to do more things, have more fun, be more creative, have more uh, time to do other things and so forth. And then finally, this is perhaps the most significant pro uh, with cons we'll talk about later. But the fact that we have immediate and infinite access to all of the information humanity has ever uncovered is wild. <laughs> that's insane. Again, that's never been a thing in human history until just the last generation or two. That has very wide-ranging effects on society and in our lives. So a lot of good things, right? I would also mention, of course, there's a lot of drawbacks and downsides to this new world that we're living in. Right? Um, you may remember a message by Dr. Pinto at the beginning of the school year where he talked about how technology, devices, social media, etc. he said, wage an assault on face-to-face -face relationships. I think there's a lot of truth to that, and I would very much caution us against letting it do that. We can talk about privacy concerns. Our personal data every day we use the internet is stored, sold to advertisers, and tracked beyond our comprehension, right? We talk about the environmental impact, the human impact of millions of devices a year being manufactured and disposed of. The immense frequency of online bullying, harassment, and then I think the most damaging one of all, if we think about this, is that the instant access to all the information in the world, what is that doing to us? I, I feel a sense of information overload quite often in the world. And I think it burns us out, it makes us stressed, it erodes our ability to think critically about many things. And we have a tendency, at least in my experience, to get frantic and busied and stressed in any situation, no matter what. Have you ever looked around uh, your life? I was thinking about this last night. Who is the person in your life that you know is the best at resting? <laughs> I can't think of almost anyone. The people that I know that are the best at resting are all really old. And I don't know what that says about us, and I don't know what that says about technology, but it's people that didn't grow up with cell phones. But as complicated as this whole world of technology is, let's face it, we are forced to live in it if we want to do almost anything in this world, right? We even require it at school, which is kind of ironic, except for today. We are a one-to-one -one school, right? We have devices in every classroom, every period. You have to use technology to attend CVCS. Ask any adult in the room or in your family, I'm sure they would agree. You need to use technology to establish any sort of career uh, to make it in this world, right? It's just a part of the world now. And it's all around us, and trust me, it's, it's not going away. So let me transition here to the, the key point of today, what I wanna talk about. And it kind of brings together the first two parts of this. We, we know that we are made in the image of God. It's the most central identity that we have and could ever have. And we also live in a world inundated with technology that dominates literally every facet of existence and society and culture. How does that combine? Well, my key question for us this morning is simply this, and we will unpack this um, in a couple different ways, is what we are doing with our technology making us more into the image of God or less? That's the key point of today. 
And I would even say beyond chapel, that's the key point of like today at school, right? Is what we're doing with technology making us more into the image of God or less? I want to pursue answering this question well, and I want to speak against what I think could be a natural reaction or a pitfall to this question. I think a person could try to make a compelling argument. Technology is some kind of neutral force in the universe. That it's, um, you know, Mr. Jasper, technology is just like a thing. It's, um, uh, think of it like infrastructure. It's like a freeway where it's just kind of there and then a bunch of good and bad stuff can happen like on it. But the thing is just neutral, right? Like the thing is just there. If there's a case to be made there, I want to speak against that for, for two big reasons. I want to talk about those two reasons why I think technology actually very, in fact, deeply matters, right? First, as, as a Dutch Reformed uh, upbringing, I, I had the printed hymnals uh, when I was uh, growing up as well. It was baked into me at a very young age growing up in church and stuff that God cares about everything in the world. Everything in the universe is dearly, dearly known, created and loved, and in fact being redeemed by Jesus, right? At the college I went to, which in fact, again, was a Dutch Reformed college, we heard this quote pretty often from a theologian named Abraham Kuyper. Do you know this quote, Mr. Mr. Klostra? Uh, He says this, there's not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is Lord over all, does not exclaim mine, right? The point of this statement is to declare with confidence God cares deeply about every single corner of this universe. He doesn't just care about Christian people. He doesn't just care about all people. He doesn't just care about the earth and all the stuff on it. Y'all, we're talking like the entire universe, literally every molecule. We see this even pointed out in scripture. I think of in the Psalms, it talks about the the heavens declare the glory of God, right? Like the artistry that is involved from God in placing every single star and nebula and galaxy and black hole and everything is immense. And with the same care and creation, he draws the veins that carry chlorophyll on a single leaf you could find on the ground. And he draws the veins in our body, right? That artistry, that creation is immense and it's beautiful. And we talk in the church a lot about things like redemption, restoration, recreation. And I want to challenge us to think bigger with those words than just ourselves, just our bodies, just even Uh, humanity, but I believe genuinely that that is referring to literally all of creation. God is redeeming it. So that has to include technology. If we're going to believe that, if we're going to declare that, it has to include technology, right? The second thing that I want to clarify why I believe technology really does matter, and we must consider it deeply, is we know it's not a neutral force because it unequivocally changes who we are. When we talk about the identity piece, the stuff we started with today, we know that technology changes immense part about ourselves. Like a freeway actually does not do that, right? 
anyone who knows neuroscience will tell you that using technology rewires your brain. It's a scary way to word it, but it is a very literal truth. Using technology, it changes our minds on things, right? It shapes the dreams and the hopes that we hold for ourselves. It materializes the things that we fear. It materializes the things that we envy or lust. It shapes what we call beautiful. It defines even what we believe is true or false about the world. This is no small deal, friends. To summarize this, technology use deeply affects our hearts, our minds, and our souls. And every time we turn on any device, I want you to imagine yourself. You're entering a battlefield for your imagination. You're entering a battlefield for your attention, even your rest, your energy, your desires. And if left unchecked, technology will sap everything that it can from you. Right? It's very important to, to understand that. So don't enter that battle unprepared. Lastly, with this, I want to point out Dr. Pinto again. Um, I think this was either last week or two weeks ago. He shared this verse from Matthew chapter 12. Anybody remember this about how it's like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? And this, the idea with this was like whatever's going on inside is what's going to end up kind of being shown to the world through what you say and what you do. I want to like expand on that or add a little like footnote to say, yeah, like I think out of the abundance of the heart, your technology use is going to speak as well. Um, I think that's a very profound thought when we think about it. So just in concluding here this morning, I, I want to ask again, with us having established a few key points, is the way we are using technology making us more like the image of God or less, right? Uh, my church, fun kind of side note, my church is actually called Imago Dei Church, which is Latin for image of God. And our mission statement, they summarize into just three words. I even alluded to them earlier, but it's behold, become, display. Behold Jesus, know him, become like Jesus, and then display him to the world, right? With your technology use, are you beholding Jesus? Are you becoming like Jesus? Are you displaying Jesus? If you don't have the vaguest clue if you are or not, I challenge you to really consider that because, again, it's, it's not neutral. Let me welcome the band back up, and I want to close out with just a few practical steps. You probably have heard all of these before, but today is the perfect opportunity to go through them. Some practical steps to clarify and answer these questions and to help you live more intentionally and a more fruitful life with technology going forward. I would say, number one, reflect on that spiritual perspective that we've talked about. Know, first and foremost, God cares about you. God wants you to flourish and be healthy in his image. Know that God cares about technology and how it's used. And again, he wants you to flourish, whether it's with or without technology, right? So don't let technology ruin or tarnish the image of God in you. Uh, number two, when it comes to technology routines and perspectives, today's a great day to do this. Seek the advice or even just the stories of people that are older than you and people that did not grow up so quite so inundated with technology, right? I see it all scary, but I see it already in Micah. He's only eight months old. Anytime literally any screen is on, he's, he's locked on. It's wild. 
Um, and we're being very careful about that. The fact is, I think most of the people in this room grew up in an age where that was possible, whereas people older than you didn't. <laughs> Talk to them about what that was like and how they perceive the difference in the world today. Uh, number three, today, again, a great example of this. Make screen-free periods of time a regular part of your routine. Think deeply about the advice you've heard from others, like Dr. Pinto, prioritize your face-to-face -face relationships. Uh, put your phone away from your bed when you go to sleep at night um, or you know, when you're eating together at the table. Right? These boundaries really do make a difference. They really, really do. And then lastly, I think this is a fun one. Um, use the screen time limits that are built into your devices. I do this all the time, and even if I click through them every time, it still forces you to just be intentional. Don't be mindless. Don't just get carried away by the usage, right? Let me pray for us, and then we've got one more song. God, thanks again for today. Um, we ask as we embark on this screen-free day, um, but even beyond today, uh, back into the normal routines of school and work and life, we ask for your guidance. We ask for your wisdom. We ask even at times for your strength as we seek to use technology in ways that brings out the image of you in us rather than to squander it, to put it off, um, to damage it, or to make it less real and impactful in our heads and in our minds. We love you so much, God, and thank you again for this opportunity and for this day. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.